Well, this is all very strange, isn't it? You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actaus. Each episode, I dig deep into the world of cars with news, reviews, and other random motor talk. From engine cars to EVs, I'm here to entertain you whilst you're nipping through traffic or even whilst you're stuck at home trying to change your exhaust. But warning, I may ramble on about Fiat Pandas. You've been warned. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to the return of the Piston Podcast. We're back. Yes, we are back for another series. This is series three. Oh my God, where's the last two series gone? We're back. I am very, very excited to be back podcasting again. Today, as I'm recording this, it's the 30th of January, and I haven't actually done any podcasting since around the 22nd of December. So it's been well over a month, but that well over a month has been spent very wisely because we have some new things on the show and if you are a regular listener you will not recognize that intro that has just played the reason is it's brand new yes finally we have a new intro there was nothing wrong with the old one i thought it was great i loved hearing it i thought it was jazzy it was cool and it was perfect summed up the podcast really well but i thought you know what new series uh new year 2021 We should have a new intro, but that's not it. That's not the end of the changes. We have an outro. We've never had an outro on the Piston Podcast. We just play the the intro again at the end of the show, which is not very good, is it? Because at the end it says you're listening to the Piston Podcast. When you're not, it's the end of the show. But don't worry, we now have an outro. So if you want to listen to that, you're strapped in now. You've got to listen to the rest of the podcast. It's going to be fantastic. We're back. I'm so excited to be back. Um, remember to follow me on social media at DanielCars05. And another change, the Piston Podcast is now on Twitter. Yes, you can follow the Piston Podcast at Piston Podcast on Twitter for podcast updates, behind-the-scenes updates, and all things Piston Podcast. It's going to be amazing. Um, thanks to the people who have followed the Piston Podcast on Twitter already. It's massively appreciated. And thank you to the nearly 500 people that follow me on Twitter now as well. And... Oh, I don't know, nearly 700 on Instagram. It's absolutely crazy. Now, I know a lot of you have been missing the podcast. I've been missing doing it. I did think it's probably best if we would have, if we would have a little break. The reason is, sometimes it can get a bit tiring. Obviously, it was the end of the year. 2020 was a bit berserk, wasn't it? I don't know if you remember what happened, but apparently there was some sort of virus. I don't know. Um, I thought it would be better if uh, I had a little bit break from behind the microphone. So when I come back to do Series 3... I'm fresh, I'm new, and you know I'm excited again because sometimes things you do, uh, podcasting, writing, it can sometimes feel like a bit of a chore, and I do not like that because actually I do really enjoy doing this, so I thought, let's have a break, and then let's start fresh, because then you'll be excited, and I am very excited to be doing this again, really excited. Um, anyway, I think we should get on with it, really. Uh, just like to say, hope you all had an amazing Christmas and an amazing New Year. We, I know we are now in lockdown three. Yes, it's the third lockdown. It, I can't believe it. If you would have asked me there would have, if there would have been three lockdowns a year ago, I would have said, you're mad. But no, we're in the third lockdown. We can't really do anything. But podcasts have become very, very popular during uh, coronavirus. So it's the return of the Piston Podcast. Okay, okay. This is going to be on every single week as usual. I did contemplate doing it every two weeks instead, but no. We're staying the same every single week, you lucky listeners. Anyway, welcome along to episode one of the third series. It's going to be amazing, this series, okay? We have guests, we have more car reviews, 
and just an awful lot of car chat, okay? Are you ready? I hope you are. Let's kick off with a a concept, okay? It's it's a new year. Let's talk about a new concept for the car brand we all know and love, Renault. Now, I've written an article about this. It's Renolution. It's a concept that Renault, the Renault CEO has thought of, um, and I've written an article on it, so you can go check that out on Drive Tribe. Go to Daniel's Tribe. Uh, no, actually, you can't do that. Go to my Drive Tribe profile at Daniel Actor House, and you will see it on there. It's not on my tribe, I've just remembered. But anyway, what is Renolution, you may be asking. I know you are. I can hear you, of course. This is podcasting. Um, but, sorry, that's the computer. Good start to the podcast already. Um, Renolution, basically, is a concept made by Renault, because uh, Renault did a... Um, a little briefing, a little, uh, what do you call it, press conference, that's it. They did a press conference about the future of Renault, and they basically admitted that they failed a bit. They had a plan about five years ago, and the Renault boss admitted that that plan would have worked if it was around, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. But nowadays, in the 21st century, we're now two decades into it, it's not going to work, okay? He admitted that the engines were not as efficient as they could be, and he also admitted that the Renault and Dacia brand were becoming too similar, which is not good, is it really? Because you may as well just get a Dacia if you wanted a Renault, because you'd save yourself an awful lot of money, which is not going to give a very good reputation to the Renault brand, is it really? So, Renault wanted to make some changes. So, this is where Renolution comes in. Uh, they have announced that they're going to be releasing about 24 new models from now, 2021, until 2025. That is a massive target. Apparently around 11 will be fully electric. And one that everybody has been talking about is the new Renault 5 concept. Now, this is pretty amazing. Uh, it's an electric Renault 5 made for the future. That's what it is. People love it. People really, really love it. It's one of them cars people really raved about it all over social media. And if you're a car enthusiast you would have heard of the Renault 5 EV concept. You would have heard about it, because everybody's been talking about it. And I've been writing about it, so surely if you're a proper Piston Podcast fan, you've already read the article. If not, you can go check it out. But anyway, they've um, they've also um, uh, announced new plans for Alpine, their sub-brand. You all know Alpine. They make a sports car called the A110. It's amazing. Really, really impressive car. Um, and they've basically announced that Alpine will be going EV in the future. They're teaming up with Lotus to make an A110 successor, which is going to be electric, and apparently it's going to handle really well. So I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with that. Also announced Alpine are to make a hot hatch and a crossover. Now, an Alpine crossover, you're probably all shaking your heads on that, but actually that's that's good, because a brand like Alpine at the moment, with the rise in SUVs and crossovers, they're probably at risk of you know, going wrong, going boom. So by making an SUV or a crossover, it keeps them in the main target market for buyers and therefore keeps them afloat. The Rolls-Royce Cullinan, you cannot tell me Rolls-Royce really wanted to make that car, but they had to. Aston Martin DBX, uh, all of them cars like that, they're all sports car makers, but they made an SUV to keep them, you know, going strong because people would buy them and therefore... They, they can carry on making these epic sports cars. So that's what Alpine has done. Dacia has made a new concept called the Bigster. And that is cool. What a name, the Bigster. It's their new SUV. And uh, they've got a new sub-brand called Energize. No, Mobilize. Mobilize. Energizes batteries. Mobilize. Now, they've made their own version of the Citroen Ami. 
which is actually the, the topic of this show, actually. So there's a sneak peek. Um, but yeah, they, they've made their own little, you know, city car that you can... It's car sharing, it's electric, and it's quite funky, really, isn't it? But anyway, if you want to hear more about Renolution and the concept of Renolution, go check out my article on Drive Tribe. Um, you can just search up Renolution, um, a, a plan to... Renovate Renault, I think that's what it's called. I've just tried to remember my own article, and I think I might have failed, but oh uh, well. Now, I think we should move on to other pieces of motoring news, shall we? Because car news, a lot has happened. Obviously, it's a new year. Car brands are coming out with all sorts of new strange ideas. Um, now, BMW has put a hexa- hexagonal, hexagonal, there we go, grill on the new Mini Cooper. It sort of looks like a bit of a moustache, people aren't very happy with it. Although, to be honest, if you were to show me the facelifted Mini, I'd go, it just looks exactly the same. So personally, I don't see a massive problem with it. But maybe the fact it stayed the same is a bad thing. Is it? I don't know, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Just tweet me or Instagram me, at DanielCarzo5. Are you a fan of the Mini design, and do you think it's time for change? Now, the Fiat 500 is another culprit. It's it stayed relatively the same since it came out around 2007 time. Um, but the new 500e is quite different, so maybe Mini should make that plunge and redesign the Mini. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, uh, I don't know, the Mini's... It's one of them cars. The Beetle, which I know isn't made anymore is another one of them cars. Looks the same and has done since around 2000 or 1999 when it came out. So, I don't know, it's one of them dilemmas really, but anyway, we're going to move on. Uh, the only fuel, only fools and horses van is to go under the hammer at the next Silverstone auction. This is your chance to win a piece of British sitcom history. Now, this is cool. Only Fools and Horses is a TV show from the olden days, I believe. And the van is a reliant van, three-wheeler, what an iconic machine, as bad as it may be. It's iconic. Reliant is re- iconic, okay, in British history. Now, it's to go under auction, so you can win that if you'd like. Um, I know I would, but, you know, money is... Well, it doesn't grow on t- trees, unfortunately, otherwise I would go bidding uh, until I cannot bid any more. Um, there's a new Tesla Model S. Uh, apparently, <laughs> this new battery that Elon Musk has made, or his people rather, can do not to 60 in 1.9 seconds, which I honestly doubt. But if it's true, oh my God, well done, Tesla, because that is amazing. That's the quickest production not to 60 time, I think, in history. So that is a massive achievement if it does actually happen. But what people have been paying attention to is the interior, because Tesla sort of set the benchmark for portrait screens in cars, but they've decided to change it a bit, and they've gone landscape. Yes, they've made a landscape rectangular screen. Uh, it says you, it's, it's massive still, it's very massive, but it's just turned around, I think, um, which is probably better. It looks a bit less like it's been slapped on, which is good. But I'd be interested to see whether car makers actually take onto that idea as well, like they did with the original Tesla screen, and start making them hex- um, uh, uh, landscape again. That'd be interesting to see. But anyway, there's a new uh, steering wheel design as well, and it's a bit like a rocket. Now, you know the Batmobile, the steering wheel of the Batmobile? It's a bit like that. It's not actually a wheel. More like a go-kart or F1 steering wheel. And why? Why, why, why? It just screams danger to me, and I'm not a big fan of it, but oh well. 
There's a new BMW M5 CS. Now, I personally, I wouldn't go for one. I'd go for an M2 CS if I uh, was to go for an M5 CS, which is a bit unusual. But the baby BMW is the best at the moment. Uh, General Motors has gone electric. Random piece of news, but it's good news. It'll keep them keep them going, I'm sure. But be interested to see uh, what the Americans actually think of General Motors going electric, I'm sure. Um, I know they've pulled out of this Australian market, I believe. I might be wrong. I might just be Holden. I think it's just Holden. Um, A C8 Corvette uh, Corvette's engine, Corvette, uh, has just gone bang after just 57 miles. That really can't be a good image for the brand. Um, But, yeah, a 57-mile-old engine in the brand-new Corvette, which is apparently amazing and sold in Europe, and it's going to be amazing, guys, blah, blah, blah. It's broken after 57 miles. I'm sure many people will be cancelling their orders. Well done, Chevrolet. Uh, another reason why I wouldn't buy one. <laughs> and I would buy a Porsche or something instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Uh, Lotus is working on an entry-level sports car for the US market only. Uh, it's nice to see them expanding, but it'd be interesting to see what this is. Now, I know Lotus this week has announced that they're binning off the Elise the Exige, and another car, I believe, uh, which is a massive, massive risk for Lotus as a brand. I mean, that's that's their flagship models right there. I think probably the only models they make. They don't make many. But I think it's to make way for the Avaya, um, making more Avayas, you know, the electric hypercar, which is quite groundbreaking, and some new models, hopefully EVs, because I think Lotus are, you know, I, I hope they're going to be one of the first epic sports car brands to you know, bring electric sports cars to the world, because we need more of them. It makes sense. They just need to get weight distribution right. Um, And Alpine as well. Alpine and Lotus, they could be the dream team right there. But, I know, Brexit might delay things slightly, but let's not get too political, eh? Um, Rimac Press has released, reveal... um, Sorry, Rimac Press release has revealed numerous Concept 2 design changes. So... Um, the prototype image was shown in Rimac's latest press release, and it shows some noticeable design alterations, like the rear lights, the rear wing, and just the fact it's... I think it just looks a bit bigger. I'm not really sure, but that'll be interesting to see. I haven't heard a lot about the Concept 2. I don't know if it's out fully yet, but the Concept 1, everybody was talking about that, but not so much the Concept 2, which is unusual. I, I expected it to be the other way around, but oh well. Mercedes uh, apparently could make a city car smaller than the A-Class. So an A-Class city could see the light of day. Now, I think this is great, personally, because you must remember the Mercedes A180 or something like that, the tiny A-Class that they made back in the noughties, Mercedes. If they make a redesign of that, you know, it looks a bit like an Audi A2. If they make a redesign of that, but it's an electric city car, I can see that selling, I think. And maybe not make it too expensive but still make it feel like a Mercedes I don't know that could be a very good idea but anyway car news we've talked about a lot of car news so let's move away from that because of course there is always next week isn't there there's always more car news to discuss now I would like to um, do my car review which is uh, Piston Podcast Pick of the Week it stayed the same I still review a car I still give it a rating and it's still followed by a top 10 list and then My Way or Highway. They're staying the same because 
They're amazing, and they're the OG segments, but we've added some more, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, now, the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week this week is the Citroen Ami, or the Citroen Ami, however you want to say it. Now, I mentioned at the, at the end of Series 2, I wanted to review this car, um, this car, and... I'm going to make it happen because I think it's amazing and it really needs to be discussed because it's not yet on sale in the UK, which is why I think everybody should be talking about it so we get them in the UK because, wow, what fun that would be. So, let's first of all start with the price. Now, the Citroen Ami starts at around €6,000, which translated into English money is £5,054. What's interesting is you can actually lease it or borrow it from Citroen themselves for $0.26 cents per minute. Uh, and I'm sure, I think there's a lease deal as well that you can have it for about €29 a month or £29 a month, which is amazing. That's a phone contract of a car that you pay nothing to charge most of the time. That's really, really wicked. It's charged by a 5.5 kilowatt hour uh, single electric motor, which um, has 8 brake horsepower. That's it. 8 brake horsepower. I expected to read something longer then, which is why I stuttered a bit. 8 brake horsepower. That is comedic. That is hilarious. And you know what? I love it. I really, really love it. It's front-wheel drive. It's powered by a single-speed transmission. Of course, it's electric. Um, Not to 60. Not applicable. It won't do 60. It will do 28 miles per hour, which is fine because it's a city car and you're not always going over 28 miles per hour. Now, we're going to have a massive conversation about this after I've done the specs. Uh, The range is 43 miles. Which again, you're probably all umming and ahhing about that. 43 miles. But again, that is perfect. That's fine. That's really, really good. It weighs just 485 kilograms, which is half the weight of a Fiat Panda 100 horsepower. That's amazing. The end cap rating, again, not applicable. It's not being tested because it goes um, against the quadricycle regulations, or, you know, it follows them rules rather. It doesn't go against. Uh, CO2 emissions, again, not applicable. It's electric. Uh, It's got two seats and two doors. They're actually suicide doors, so they open different ways. And the reason for that is the door each side, the doors each side, are the same design, they're the same shape, they're interchangeable. And that's all to lower costs. Now, extra information for you all. uh, Petrol, no, sorry, electric boffins. It's 2.41 metres long. It's 1.39 metres wide. 7.2 7.2 meter turning radius, which is hilarious. It's 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 amazing, um, and you can charge it from your plug um, at, in three hours, which is quite incredible. Now, pros and cons. Pros: It's cheap to run, very cheap. It's very practical. It's got little cubby holders, um, and also what's interesting is it hasn't actually got a sat nav screen, of course, because it's cheap. Instead, it has a phone holder. Now, this is amazing, and it did make me think. In a car that has an infotainment screen, it's all well and good most of the time. Some of them are crap. (coughs) MGZS. Um, But after a while, they are going to become outdated. They just are, okay? They just are. I mean, my my cousin's old Vauxhall Zafira had a nice infotainment screen back in 2013. But if you were to have that now, it's very outdated. And you get that with a lot of uh, old Mercedes. Yes, they were interesting at the time, but now they're not. So, Citroen... um, not only do they cut prices, but they also do something interesting, and they give you a phone holder. Your phone's never going to go out of date, because, of course, you can update it, and it's got everything on it. You can you can still text people, um, obviously legally. You can't text people while driving, but anyway. You listen to music, you can have the sat-nav, 
whatever, and you can just have it on your phone holder, your phone. And that's amazing, really, really amazing. And I think some car companies should really take that on. I know with the Twingo you can do that, with the Up you can do that. There's a lot of cars you can do it in, but it just makes sense. I, I do really like it, it's a good quirk. And another pro, young people can drive it. From France, 14-year-olds can drive it, because it's a quadricycle, it's a microcar effectively. 14-year-olds can drive it. That means if I, if I still lived in France, because I used to, um, I could drive a Citroen Ami which I find really appealing. In the UK, you have to be 16, you have to have your quadricycle scooter license, which is fine. That's quite cool. Um, but it's not yet sold in the UK, of course. Cons um, of not being in so on sale in the UK, uh, of course. However, you can uh, register your interest, which is what I've already done. <laughs> um, and Citroen do want to take it over, but they're just quite hesitant because... I know the Twizy was maybe a bit of a flop over here, not sure. Uh, there's no assistance at all, it's just you. There's no power steering, there's no ABS, there's no traction control. But for a car that weighs under half a tonne, and has 8 brake horsepower, not really a problem. And of course, cheap plastics, which I actually don't class as a con. Some people will, but some people won't. In a time like this, COVID-19, I'm sure you've all heard about it. Um, wow, COVID-19 in 2021. Two years nearly. Um, anyway... It, it, it just makes sense because it's easy to sanitize, isn't it? So you can do car sharing programs and stuff with the AMI, and then afterwards you can just you could jet wash the interior if you wanted to, a bit like the 2CV. Now, as a lot of things like the 2CV in the AMI, like the uh, folding windows, for example, they fold upwards and <laughs> most of the time fall down and nearly chop your arm off. Trust me, as a person who has done hundreds of miles in my granddad's 2CV, they are deadly, but they're quite cool. They're different. You don't get it a lot. Um, another little quirk, um, similarities maybe, between the AMI and the 2CV. They're very small. They both have very, very pathetic power. But then again, probably not pathetic. It's the wrong word. Minimal, but fine. Because it's a very light car. 2CV is also very light. I think it's 600 kilos or something. Which is outstanding. They're very similar cars. But anyway, I'm going to give it a Piston Podcast rating of 5 out of 5. I do think it's amazing. And I don't actually think it has many cons at all. It's a funny car. It really, really is. And I hope it comes to the UK. Because I think it'll be interesting. And as soon as it does, I'm going to beg Citroen to borrow one for a YouTube video. And further discussions on the podcast. Because I think it's exciting. Now, for someone like me, I turned 16 this year. So, if I get my quadricycle test, which I'm not planning to. I'd rather wait until I'm 17 and get a proper car. Then, imagine I was 16, right? My commute to school, which I'm currently not doing, obviously. Schooling from home. Is 5 miles there, 5 miles back. That's 10 miles. Now, the, the AMI's range is 43 miles, which is quite a bit, isn't it? Kilometres, I'm not sure. Alexa, what's 43 miles in kilometres? I can ask her. 43 miles is about 69.2 kilometres. There you go, 69.2 kilometres, or kilometres, however you want to say it. It's kilometres. But anyway, um, that is fine, that's really good. It basically means I could do my commute four times, there and back, four times, which is quite amazing charge my car every four days that is cool and it still means 20 mile there 20 mile back allowing some spare range for when you want to gun it 20 miles it means you can still travel quite a lot and after all it's a city car isn't it how often do you do more than 43 miles in the city it's not very often 
Now, if you live in like London or Manchester or Liverpool, I honestly do think it's the car for you. And even for someone like me who lives in Cheshire, out of the city, I, I, I personally find it really appealing. And I know my dad, who sometimes enjoys driving, but a lot of the time gets quite frustrated. Um, and he really likes the idea of the Ami. It's a good car, and I do feel as though these cars are the future. SUVs, yeah, they're all very cool at the moment, not in my opinion. Um, But it's a phase. In 10 years' time, we'll all realise that they're very inefficient, they're very polluting, they're just not very good cars, are they? And they're too big, they're too big. We don't have roads the size of American roads, we still have very tiny, potholy roads. So small cars... And I'm talking small cars like the Ami and the Twizy, not small cars like Twingos and Pandas. They are kind of part of the future, I think, and we're seeing more of them. I know Toyota has announced one. Um, obviously, there's still the Twizy, which I still think is maybe... It's very cool, but it's still wrong. I mean, the Ami has doors and you know windows and stuff like that, so it's definitely ahead and seats side by side, but there we go. Uh, now, there's plenty of reviews about the Ami on YouTube. You can check out Johnny Smith's video on the Late Break Show on YouTube. That's a good review. Hubnut, Ian Seabrook from Hubnut, made a review in the Ami. Very, very good. Uh, trying to think who else. EV Man, uh, Electric Vehicle Man did one. That was quite funny. Fully Charged, yes. But um, Robert Llewellyn, he did one, and that was good. There's plenty of reviews. Just go have a look, because... Honestly, I spent hours searching about the Ami. I think it's such a quirky car. But anyway, if you're thinking I'm talking absolute nonsense and you want another car that's still relatively small, but a lot bigger than the Ami, granted, still an EV though, then I'm going to give you a top 10 list, uh, courtesy of Auto Car. So go check the lists out on there. Now, kicking off at number 10 is actually the Renault Twizy, uh, by chance, um, which I find quite unusual because it doesn't actually fit in with any of the other cars on this list. But there we are. And number 9 is the DS3 Crossback e tense which I think is a really dire name. Uh, and number 8 is the Vauxhall Corsa E, which it's sad really because I think it's a good car, but let down by the badge. And number 7 is the Honda E. And number 6 is the Mazda MX-30. And number 5 is the Mini Electric, which I still think should have been called the Mini E, or the E-Mini, or something really funny like that. And number 4 is the BMW i3s, which I think is a sporty version of the i3, didn't know existed. And number 3 is the Volkswagen E-Up, and obviously the City E-Go, or the City Go E, or the City E-Go. There we go. (laughs) Or the Citroen... Sorry, not Citroen, or the Seat Mi-E, or the Citroen E-Mi. This oh, so funny, all of this E-Mi stuff, but there you go. And at number two is the Renault Zoe. There we go, moving on swiftly, before I make an idiot of myself. already have. And at number one is the Peugeot E208, which is basically the same car as the Corsa E, but yet, apparently, a lot better. It's about seven or eight spaces up the charts, so that's quite incredible. Uh, I think I personally have the Peugeot with the Vauxhall, just because of the interior. I think it looks nice. It's cool. Peugeot are doing quite a good job at the moment, I hate to say it. And again, there's going to be some um and ahhing and probably negative reviews for this podcast. But I do think Peugeot are on a roll at the moment. That's what I think personally. Now, when lockdown's over, I want to contact Seat, the Seat dealership near me. And I want to beg them for a Mi Electric, or the E-Mi, or the Mi-E. And I want to do a YouTube review on it, because I, I, I'm a strong believer. I review cars, okay? I review quite a few cars. Now, I, I do think because I'm young and electric cars are going to be in my lifetime, I do think I should review more. 
that's personally what I think. And that's why the Piston podcast, which is a Piston podcast, has a lot of EVs in it because I think they're very relevant for, for me especially, but for a lot of my listeners at the same time. So after lockdown, I'm going to try my best to get a Mi Electric and test it out because that's what I'd love to do. Now, My Way of Highway this week, uh, My Way of Highway, I try and link it to the Piston podcast pick of the week. Um, I try and make a road or a track or something that I would like to drive the car reviewed on. Now, I've picked a go-kart track, and specifically the Bookmore Park, which is a go-kart track. And I think that because a Citroen Ami or a Citroen Ami Championship around a go-kart track would be truly epic. Now, Bookmore Park is owned by John Surtees, CBE, whatever that means. Um, Apparently he's a nice guy. Uh, It's a very sharp layout. It's very good to test your handling. Uh, It's got elevation changes, high-speed corners. Apparently overtaking is easy. It's had a bit of a facelift as well in the past few years, which makes it interesting. And I honestly think a Citroen Ami around a go-kart track is really appealing. I really like the idea of that. I think it's so cool. But anyway, let's move on to a new segment, shall we? I think that's really cool. Now, I've added three new segments, and I'm not going to do each one every week because I think it will drag. But the three new segments are Quiz Question of the Week, which I leave you with a question. I could do that this week. Uh, Motoring Moment of the Week, and Car Advert of the Week. Now, advert is in, well, on the telly or just advertised online. It can be even secondhand. And I'm first of all, I'm going to say that the Car Advert of the Week this week is was on collecting cars, and it was a, a Singer Porsche 911, classic one, and it sold for over £700,000. Now, that is amazing for for collecting cars. I know they had a little celebration uh, on social media. Um, social media. There we go, I said it properly. Um, and, yeah, seven hundred grand is a lot of money, so it's a massive achievement for collecting cars, and I just think it's staggering. When I When I heard that amount, I was like, wow, that is amazing. Really amazing. Motoring moment of the week. I may as well do all three segments this week. Motoring moment of the week this week, I do think is... Uh, I don't know, really. That's that's a difficult one. That is a really difficult one. Um, let me just scroll through my car news again. Uh, I, I think it's probably going to be Tesla with the new Model S, um, with their new battery especially. And for how idiotic the steering wheel is, personally. Uh, Quiz question of the week. I'm going to finish off with this. Quiz question. Right. Try and get this right. Write your answers on a postcard. Send it to me on Twitter and Instagram, at DanielCarzo5. Quiz question. Let me think. Let me think. Ooh. I I should really plan these, because... Yeah. Right, okay. I'm going to give one. The split-fold seating system on the Mark I Vauxhall Zafira... Mark 1 Vauxhall Zafira, split-fold seating system, seven seats, was engineered by what brand? Now, warning, this is going to be very unexpected. I know you're all probably thinking about Sparco or a brand like Mini or something, but no. No, no, no. Now, I'm going to post the answer to this question uh, probably... Uh, Monday afternoon, maybe, when the podcast is out, and it's been out for a few hours, on the Piston Podcast Twitter page. So go follow that, at Piston Podcast. You can find out the answer there. So what, or rather, who is the maker of the Mark I uh, Vauxhall Zafira split-fold seating system? Uh, it, it's very unexpected, okay? And when I saw this fact, I was amazed. And it's all from Sniff Petrol, uh, Richard Porter's Boring Car Trivia book. 
So as well, go ch- go check that out as well. It's it's really fascinating, and if you're a carbore like me, then you'll really like it. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. Um, it's been amazing. Okay, I mean, it's, I'm so glad to be back. Next week, the podcast is going to be very different because I'm joined by a special guest. Yes, I know series two we had about two guests. Very unexpected. It was a bit of a shame, really, because Series 1, we had quite a few. Series 3, I'm bringing back the guests. And if you would like to be a guest on the Piston Podcast, contact thepistonpodcast at gmail.com or contact me on social media because it would be a pleasure to have you on. Tell me a bit about yourself and I'm sure we can make it happen. I've got about five or six guests that will be coming on over the next few weeks. It's very exciting. But anyway, until then, join me next time for Episode 2 of the Piston Podcast. Stay safe and I will see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Piston Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just before you go, remember you can follow me on social media at DanielCarzo5 and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Piston Podcast. See you next time for more interesting car chats.